What's up, everybody? This is the machine, and I'm Christian. And I I don't know if I have like a basketball nickname. I guess I'm Swaggy C. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. And this is a we're, this is a a silver screen and roll podcast. This show this it show is. really doesn't have a name unless you wanted to come up with one right now. But I mean, coming up with a podcast <laughs> name is hard enough as is on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it took me and Sabrina like six weeks to come up with I love basketball. So it's a good one it's though. Tough. <laughs> no, it is a good one. It's like a little Lakers reference. Because we had so there was such a high bar. Show tiempo, so good. And then Can You Dig It is like Can You Dig It I think is like the platonic ideal of like a Lakers podcast name. Yeah. It's uh, it was a good one, and then I ended up mixing our intro music, which this likely won't have it's so because good. again, <laughs> yeah, I, I I cut it up the sample and whatnot, and uh, yeah, it turned out all right for for an amateur DJ. <laughs> <laughs> it took me three days to just to realize that I was not ever going to be able to work with the Meta World Peace clip of him saying "I love basketball." It's so quiet. And there's like so much crowd noise. There's so much crowd noise, and I tried to to strip it all away, and it just ended up being, I love basketball, and I was like, <laughs> there's nothing I can do with that, <laughs> literally nothing. So what I ended up doing was just recording myself going, I love basketball, and then <laughs> slowing it down. <laughs> Nobody ever knew. And that, this now. is a big secret. This is how the sausage is made, everybody. It's not as pretty. <laughs> As you might think that I am. Uh, well, we have a show to do. There's not. This is like one of the very few times that there's nothing to talk about with the Lakers. Like even in the off season, like right now, this time last year, I think we were talking about like LeBron James and Paul George are on their way to the Lakers, and now it's just like everything's on fire, but nobody's addressed it yet. And also everything's on hold. It's like we can't even talk about, like, we know who all the free agents are. I don't know if it's not even worth naming who they actually are because everybody knows at this point. (laughs) I mean, effing. um, (laughs) And, like, we don't know who's more likely than who to come. All we know is that Pete thinks that Kawhi is coming and we're all just going to cling to that. Yeah, I think... uh... Pete's probably more of a reliable source than some of the people I've seen saying Kawhi's coming to the Lakers, according um, to their sources. You don't think that my intuition that KD <laughs> is coming is... <laughs> you don't think that's I mean, reliable? T- TBD, I guess. I mean, literally everybody else is saying he's going to New York, <laughs> and then Sasha's like, uh, well, actually... Uh, I don't think so, honey. <laughs> I think that people are being a little bit too confident about KD to the Knicks. Yeah, kind of like Paul George in LA. It's just like, yeah, it seemed inevitable, but then he ended up staying in OKC and got swept in the oh. first round. I take no pleasure in it, you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I take no pleasure. In it. Take no pleasure in informing you that he made the absolute wrong decision. <laughs> the craziest thing. Is the fact that it's like, I think today might be the three-week anniversary of Magic Johnson's famous, I- I'm not going to be here. <laughs> like, uh, like go be there. Yeah. The Lakers don't have a president of basketball operations or a head coach. I mean, the latter might change soon. But right now, nobody knows. Like, 
It's nobody knows anything. I don't know anything. I never like, know anything. Yeah, generally speaking, I don't know anything, but I especially <laughs> don't know anything about the Lakers right now. So, well, you actually have some really exciting pieces going up today, though, don't you? Tomorrow, tomorrow is the, is the target date. I'll have a a fun little feature up on where I live. Actually, no, I guess technically, technically it would be today when this airs. So, oh. by the time you listen to this, it'll be up. I hope if all goes well, uh, I'll have a um, cool little feature up. Took a little bit of reporting, so if you read it, I'd really appreciate it because otherwise, uh, all the reporting I did will be in vain. So today, uh, me and Christian literally just met right now for the first time. Things are going well. They're going pretty well. And we decided, I don't know if you guys have heard about this thing. BuzzFeed was like making videos about it because they literally <laughs> will just latch on to anything. <laughs> and they and make some of their staff members do uncomfortable things to each other <laughs> on video and then post it. So we're going to do that exact same thing right now. <laughs> we're going to do that uncomfortable thing um, on the air. And it's I'm the, down. Yeah. I asked him if he wanted to do it, and he was like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't seem super confident about it, but we're going to have some fun. Basically, it's like the 36 questions that lead to love. It's like a set of questions. You can Google this, and there's like – in New York Times articles about it. There's videos and stuff. And basically the idea is that if you ask an answer, if two people, two strangers ask an answer, there's 36 questions. By the end of the conversation, they will be in love. It's worth noting, you and I have, like, other people in the picture. So we're not going to do that. I mean, unless... That's that's just not. I don't know. I don't know what your plans were here today, but I mean that's not what I'm here for. So I think we should. We we're probably going to go in a different direction. I'm guessing. Yeah. No. This is the (laughs) not 36 questions that lead to Lakers love. Yay! Yay! We love the Lakers. Um, I say not 36 questions because it's definitely not going to be that many questions. We're just going to get through as many as we can. I don't have 36. If we're being honest, we gave up like halfway through, which is why there's not 36. I started writing some really stupid ones. And I was like, (laughs) I don't want to answer these. (laughs) These are dumb. The idea is already dumb. So I don't want to get into some dumb questions. (laughs) Uh, We already uh, stared into each other's eyes for four minutes straight. So... (laughs) We're, we're super <laughs> have a really intimate closeness now. Um, that's another exercise you can do with your friends, apparently. It's, it's just stare into each other's eyes. Mm-hmm. I got to try. Guys. Once I find a friend, a single friend, <laughs> I will make sure to do it with them. <laughs> Skype doesn't count, guys, for this one. You have to do that one in person. Okay, so question number one. How and when did you become a Lakers fan? Uh, there's like two, there's two answers to this question and considering we need to like fill the space, I'll go ahead and answer Mm. both of them. Um, I mean, usually I wouldn't, but I like growing up in the greater Los Angeles area, it's kind of hard not to be a Lakers fan, Mm -hmm. especially because they were actually good when I was a kid. Like not like not now, 
last time they yeah. won a championship, <laughs> I was like 10 years old. So it's been a minute. But I didn't. It's so funny. I didn't actually start becoming a Lakers fan until uh, Steve Nash got traded to the Lakers. Because I loved soccer growing up more than life oh. itself. And uh, Steve Nash is really into soccer. And he was kind of that bridge to basketball to me. So once Steve Nash signed with the Lakers or got traded, however you want to interpret it, um, I I haven't missed the Lakers game since. Bad news is is that Steve Nash was god awful <laughs> in a Lakers uniform. That was running through my head. And I was like, the story. If you <laughs> if you think the story has a happy ending, you haven't been paying attention. Yeah, it ends very poorly. I even have a jersey of his that I'm ashamed to wear in public, <laughs> and I've also gained like 25 pounds since high school. So uh, yeah, no, it doesn't fit me anymore either. It's probably for for the best though. You what about you, Sasha? You could put it on one of your dogs. <laughs> oh my god! What about you, Sasha? How did how did this all start? Basically, it's every single one of you listeners' wet dream. I can we say that? why not you're Truly, a girl you can say it i can say anything i want otherwise it's sexist i started dating a person who was very into very 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 much into the lakers group in the oc and i was like growing up i was like i don't care about sports no that's way too that's way too mild on myself i was actually more like Sports are the opiate of the masses. Like they they are designed to distract us from caring about like politics and important things. And now I know that sports actually are politics and important things. <laughs> and important things in their own right separate from politics. But yeah, I like just got really into it and I was like, shit, basketball is very fun to watch it's a very fun sport to watch i got really into it like d'angelo russell i got it was like three years ago and d'angelo russell was our boy <laughs> r.i.p d'lo but also reborn from the ashes <laughs> yeah the last time i cried definitely. about basketball was when they came back against the kings was it was it the last game of the season I don't know. They were down like they were down like twenty five points or something, and then yeah. D'Lo like led this like incredible comeback, and I actually cried. He's good weird. at basketball. I don't know if people know that, but the guy that was taken with the number two pick and then traded for Brook Lopez was pretty good at basketball. They actually do know that, and it's their <laughs> new favorite thing to taunt us about. <laughs> yeah. I mean, but by all means, do so because that was. Uh, that was a dumb trade, and I'll stand by that it was a dumb trade. I don't know, honestly. <laughs> I'm kind of with Pete. I'm like, look, at the time, this is a very Kevin O'Connor take, but at the time, <laughs> it was the right move. I understand why we did it. And honestly, I don't think, judging by like what's going on with our young players, not that it's not in the future, but like, I don't know if he would have unlocked the way that he did in the environment that the Lakers were fostering. Yeah, and I think that's more, like, indicative of the Lakers organization as a whole. I just think, like, to play, was it worth it or not, is, is all going to go down this summer. It's like, 
because the whole point of the trade was to open that second max slot. Mm-hmm. And so if they don't sign like a big name guy this year, they're kind of screwed. Yep. Katie's coming though. I'm telling you. <laughs> I'm hey, telling you. If, if that's the hill you want to die on, do it. I, don't, I can't think of much better ones to die on. You know what? I will take I will take it because I think KD Hill is much more <laughs> likely than everybody's giving it credit for. I think he likes to shock. I think he's a drama like magnet. He just loves it. Like as much as he thinks that he doesn't like drama, what yeah. he actually loves is drama. And I think it would just be the most the most i think it would be (laughs) the most for him to come to the lakers and i think that that's what he wants like he's gonna be talked about so much if he joins lebron james on the lakers like that's espn's gonna have to create a fourth channel like just for (laughs) that coverage we could both start we could both start writing for kd wire (laughs) (laughs) i would love okay um Number two, let's go with number two. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll lead this one off. Yeah. Um, who was the first player you fell in love with? And I'll, so there are two ways this question can be interpreted. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll we'll say whose game did you fall in love with yes. first? Like that you just gravitated towards. Me. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, D'Angelo Russell. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I mean, he was just like our guy, and I, I was just rooting for him really hard, and I thought that his shooting posture was just, like, so interesting. Like, I have, like, a, an imprint of his shooting form, like, in my head. Like, I can picture it perfectly. <laughs> um, his feet. His feet, right? Yeah. His feet, yeah. His The whole body movement. It's just, the like... The whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. And the ice in my veins thing was just... Great. The per- the first player that I actually fell in love with was Kyle Kuzma. Yeah, Kuz gets a lot of hate because like he's inefficient or whatever. He's kind of a chucker, but I mean I love it. I, he's a, he's a ton of fun to watch. And I would like to go on a date with you, Kyle Kuzma. <laughs> okay, that is that is your thing. That's your brand. <laughs> <laughs> That's my thing. It's yeah. my thing. I put it out into the universe as much as possible. In the hopes that it somehow travels into one of his ears. And then he finds me on Twitter and is like, oh, my God, she makes fart jokes. She must be so funny and cool. She's so comfortable with herself. I'm pulling for you. I'm rooting for it to happen. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Um, who, Who is the first player whose game you fell in love with and additionally who you fell in love with for real? Uh... Well, I don't know if the ladders happened quite yet. Still waiting for the one. Still time. <laughs> oh, my girlfriend's not listening to this. But <laughs> uh, uh, Jordan Farmar is probably the first person I was just like very hyped on. And like to be clear, Jordan Farmar was very much a bench player. I think his career <laughs> averages are like seven point seven points per game on forty two point three percent shooting from the field. So not exactly a superstar. Oh my god, but... you know what he looks like? If <laughs> Luke Walton and Jared Dudley had like a a baby and then like somebody just like child. pulled his ears out. 
<laughs> yeah, Jordan Farmer does have big ears. That was, that was his claim to fame. <laughs> but yeah, no, I I just thought like he is part of that that bench mob Hell when yeah. the Lakers went back to back. So yeah, no, I thought he was I thought he was a ton of fun, and um, you know that it is what it is. <laughs> I I really <laughs> liked Jordan Farmer. I'm gonna have to go Google him on YouTube. <laughs> the last person I fell in love with was also probably Kuz. Oh. I I love me some Kuz. Kuz yes. is very good, and I also I also think he's attractive. Yes, he is. I, I will join you there. It's it's rare that like you see like a random like press picture of someone and you're like, oh my god, yeah, drop, <laughs> like actual drop dead. Yeah, and he probably looks better in candid pictures than he does in just like post pictures. He yeah. just he he dresses well too. I mean, I don't want to devote the whole podcast to this, but I will if we need to. I have oh my no god, problem should talking we about start Kuzwire? <laughs> I will. Yeah, and you can be my uh, either my boss or my managing editor, whatever you oh want to be. He dresses well. Yeah, he's good at basketball. I like his tweets. I do too. And Kuz, if you're listening, Sasha also has pretty good tweets. So there's Some. the foundation for a good relationship. And also I've heard that you are wanting to start a podcast. And I would love to take that journey with you. <laughs> I'm Again, I'm rooting for you. I'm pulling <laughs> for you too. If everybody can just share this and at Kuz, mm. we'll be off to a great start. Let's start a movement. <laughs> Hashtag... What's your ship know. name? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sashma. I, I feel like we can do better. Kusha. 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 <laughs> I like that better than Kusha. Sashma. Yeah, that was Sashma really was bad. Uh, all right. Number three. Who do you actually want to be the Lakers new coach? Uh, Tyron Lou, And yeah, it's not too. close. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Mostly because I don't know who the other two are <laughs> yeah i mean you said you've been watching for like three years and i think the last year monty williams coached was either 2014 or 15 so yeah. that checks out the question number four i think you've already answered but i'd like you to go a little more in depth on it <laughs> because <laughs> i think i think uh it's gonna take some convincing for some of our listeners uh, who do you want most in free agency? Uh, your long shot and your most realistic. And I think <laughs> long shot and realistic is the same answer for you. <laughs> no, no. Okay. Well, hmm. I think that Katie is a lo- is as long of a shot as like maybe not Kawhi, but like if we wanted like an, a superstar level player, like they're all going to be long shots because it's sort of like reach schools when you apply to college, right? Yeah. You know, and um, Katie, I just feel like I just feel like he hasn't decided yet. I'm not getting this from anywhere. I have no sources. This is just a feeling I have in my heart. Um, I feel and those like- are always the, the heart is the best source, as they say, in sports media. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I say in the <laughs> like I said on the last pod that me and Sabrina did together. I don't have access. <laughs> I don't have the money for these <laughs> statistics websites or to get into a stadium on media access. Okay, all I have 
is my heart and my gut and my brain and it's all free. <laughs> and they they're telling me that Katie is coming to LA. Well, I'm, I'm I listen. I hope all of your organs are right. And <laughs> my most realistic is Jimmy Butler. I'd be cool with that. Yeah, we'll see how that contract ages. That's the biggest thing with me because Jimmy's an absolute baller right now. But mm. man, I don't put know. Put him in a situation to be like it's cool that there are five guys on Philly who can get fifteen points. <laughs> but like. Why don't we let Jimmy Butler get like 35 points? You know? I agree. What about you? Long shot. Uh, who do I want most? I've, I really want to see LeBron James and Clay Thompson on the same team. Oh, like, yeah. Clay, I, one, I just love to cover a Clay team. I think Clay's the best. Um, he is. But seeing LeBron and Clay on the same team, like, if he's getting those looks in Golden State, just imagine him playing next to LeBron. It would be it's so good. It would be amazing. Uh, realistic? Um, I'm kind of a pessimist when it comes to the Lakers' ambitions this summer. So, <laughs> realistic. I guess Shabazz Napier <laughs> is probably <laughs> my most realistic. I don't know. I have no idea who the Lakers are going to sign. Contavious Caldwell Pope. No. To another $12 million deal. I think it would be 18 this time. Again. <laughs> oh God, please no. <laughs> yeah. Uh no, I don't feel I don't feel good about the Lakers chances in free agency. Um it, if we're being real though, I think the most realistic big name free agent they could get, and I use air quotes. You can't see air quotes in podcasts, but I just did them for you big can name. Feel them. <laughs> Uh, is probably I. It used to be Demarcus Cousins, but if he's going to be sidelined for a little bit, I don't see that happening anymore on a one-year deal. Yeah, uh, I do see DeAndre Jordan though. If the oh. Lakers just completely get snubbed by everybody, I can see them offering like a one-year, fifteen million dollar deal to DeAndre Jordan. I wouldn't be crazy about it, but I think if there's one thing we've learned about the Lakers, it's that like they care about big names more than they care about like talent. Yeah. So. That is big personalities. L.A., Hollywood. Lance was actually ended up being the perfect fit because he contributed next to nothing on the court <laughs> but started a phenomenon. Of air guitar. In the air guitar world, yeah. On to number five. Who do you think is the most handsome Laker of all time and who currently on the team? Oh, okay. So... Of all time is really, really easy because Rick Fox played for the Lakers and Rick Rick Fox is like extremely attractive. That was also my pick for of all time. I, I mean, was really who, I, who else are you going to pick? <laughs> I don't know. I guess it's a taste thing, but I do think Rick Fox is the most objectively handsome person to go through Staples. And to, like, I don't know. This might be a hot take. But I think he might be the hottest person to like ever play basketball. Wow. He's very good looking. <laughs> yeah. He's wow. uh I think I I may be wrong. Can somebody can correct me if I'm wrong in the comments later, but I think he might have like starred in General Hospital for like a few episodes. That's oh, how hot he is. He is. He was a hunk. Bit of hot beef candy. Absolutely. <laughs> On the team now, 
Uh, that's a tough one. Um, it is a tough one, actually. Because Kuzma is like, I mean, I feel like you almost have to be like besides Kuzma because. Yeah, it's not fair it's not to everybody fair. else. Well, let's do, I was going to say let's do process of elimination, but that might be a little too mean. <laughs> uh, Definitely not. <laughs> Fell in the blanks. At me on Twitter with who you think is the ugliest Laker on the team. <laughs> I think LeBron probably deserves to be up there. Um, he has a nice beard. He filled in his hair. He's Actually got... not a fan of the beard. You're not a fan of the beard? No, I prefer a mustachioed LeBron. Yes. Okay. So I'm so much. glad you said that because <laughs> I was hoping we'd get some version of old man LeBron. Kind of like the Lakers got later stage kareem like bald spot kareem yes um i wanted mustache lebron like full-on dad lebron in a lakers uniform so bad i wanted a salt and pepper mustache lebron yes graying a little bit oh send me we with might the see salt. it <laughs> brawny <I> brawny <laughs> and then lebron with a graying mustache guys that's the future. <laughs> if that's the future of the NBA, I cannot wait. <laughs> like, <laughs> who cares what happens next season? Yeah. If the Lakers need to tank for the next like three years to get that, <laughs> absolutely, I'm down for it. Currently on the team, I think that Brandon Ingram is very handsome. Why is that? Because I feel like that's a hot take. <laughs> yeah. I feel like he's very distinguished. He has like a very... He's like interesting looking. I've also been described as interesting looking, but not in the same light. Um, He's such a unique, unique beauty. You've got something going on. (laughs) Number six, best moment of this Lakers season. And I feel like this is pretty easy because there weren't a ton of high points. (laughs) What was yours? Oh, man. Um... I thought this wasn't tough. There was like a a few games before Lonzo got injured. Mm. Um, that game against OKC, they didn't have LeBron and Lonzo just went sicko mode. Yeah, that was dope. That was phenomenal. That was the first time. I don't want to say I'm not a Lonzo fan. Maybe it's just like because he and I are from the same city that I just have this resentment that he's more famous than me. <laughs> uh but, you know, I, I'm definitely not a Lonzo apologist. Mm. I wasn't super high on him as a prospect last year. Uh, but, I mean, after that game, it was just like all the hype kind of just came to fruition that game. Somebody that can take over a game, uh, make really smart basketball plays, just make his teammates better. Everything that he was hyped up to be just kind of like presented itself that game. And then two games later... He injured himself for the season. Bravo. As is his custom. (laughs) Yeah, he played five less games this year than he played in his injury-riddled rookie season. I think that he, like, long run, he'll probably be fine. Because that happens, I feel like that happens to a lot of players. There's, like, an adjustment period. Yeah. Just, like, getting used to, like, what it takes the conditioning and like shape that your body has to be in mm-hmm. you kind of like get broken in a little bit so i i have a hope for the future especially like he'll have an actual off season this yeah. year like last summer he was on crutches for most of it so 
I feel like my best moment was also Lonzo related. It was the double, triple, double. I cried. Yeah, that was crazy. It was amazing. The last people to do it were, I think, in a Lakers uniform, if I'm not mistaken, were Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, which is pretty awesome. Not bad company. And he is 21 years old. I mean, I know, like, he was only one half of that. But I felt like it was just such an omen for the future. I was like, oh, my God. That was my highest point where I was like, we are going to win the freaking title this year. I was like, this is amazing. And then, you know, y'all know what happened. Uh, Yeah. And it was also just like one of those games where you kind of felt good about the whole Lonzo and LeBron partnership. Yeah. Because everything going into this season was like. LeBron can't play with a non-shooting point guard, and you know how are they going to fit on the floor together? I was and never, then... I was never worried about it. Guys, my instincts are rock solid. <laughs> Let's hope so, because if they are, <laughs> Katie and LeBron will be on the same team next year. Yeah. Yeah, I never, I never thought they. I always felt like, I always felt like last summer, the biggest thing everyone wanted to do was just be like. No one on this Lakers team is going to fit in with LeBron. Let me outline every way that all of these players will suck next to LeBron. And that was what just everybody wanted to do. And I was like, I don't believe anything y'all are saying. <laughs> I mean, that's a good way to live. Is is just like, you're wrong. <laughs> I don't uh, care about the evidence. <laughs> but no, like gen- genuinely speaking, though, I think like even going into next season, if they can play together, like, obviously, I don't expect them to post triple doubles, like, duo triple doubles every game. But for them to have, like, that combination of passing and rebounding and Lonzo's double-digit scoring nights are probably going to be, like, 10, 11 points on most nights. But I don't know. I, I agree. That was a really high point in the season, just, like, uh, for that game and just in the grand scheme of things for, for the future of this team. It was delicious. On the opposite side of the coin is the worst moment of the season. Just tough. I think the easy one is LeBron getting hurt against mm-hmm. Golden State. Just because like that's when the season effectively ended. In the at the time, we like didn't know that. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? You were like, oh no, like this is this is bad. He's going to the locker room. Like, that's not a good sign. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't really until like a couple days later or even like a week or two later because of the way that our training staff handle things. <laughs> yeah. We didn't know that it was like going to be a really long term thing until a little bit later. And that sucked. But for me, the point where I was just like despondent was the Zubats trade. Oh, yeah, I was like, that was, don't fucking talk to me right now. <laughs> Nobody talk to me. You and me both, girl. Like Mm-mm. the I've I've joked, and it started off as a joke that I think the Lakers made trades exclusively to hurt me at the trade deadline. <laughs> they were like, who are the two players that make Christian the happiest in the world on that team? And it was Shvi <laughs> Mikhailuk and uh, Ivica Zubats, both gone. I don't want to say I'm over it. I'm still hurt. But yeah, that was that was a pretty low point for me. I didn't talk to anybody for like the next day because I was so hurt <laughs> that they traded like my my two large adult sons uh, on that team. 
Zubats was like truly one of my first favorite players too because he and Brandon Ingram, I think I've talked about this on me and Sabrina's podcast before, like the first season I started watching, he and Brandon Ingram playing in Summer League was my like first exposure. And Zubats like absolutely killed in that Summer League tournament. That's where his legend began. <laughs> it was amazing. Another another low point in this season I'd I'd probably pick out is the game against Phoenix uh, in March where it's like it was one of those games in hindsight if they won all the games they needed to win I don't think they would have made the playoffs like the the competition in the West was just so tough this year but that Phoenix game the one they lost like 118 to 109 in March it was just like at that point any semblance of playoff hope was lost. It was yeah. just out the window. I think that's the point of the season. A lot of Lakers fans will point to you as the actual end to the season. When LeBron went down, it was just like, all right, making the playoffs is going to be tough. But after that loss to Phoenix, it was like making the playoffs is going to be damn near impossible. Yeah. And it was just really sucky to lose to Phoenix. And I know that they beat a couple really good teams. They had like a weird little stretch where they beat like a few really good teams. <laughs> yeah. So everyone was like, and it was Phoenix. And I was like, yeah, but they also beat like the Rockets somehow. So right. like, I can't be like too worked up about the fact that it was Phoenix, but kind of the fact that it was Phoenix, right? <laughs> yeah. That's the worst, the absolute worst part about it. They won. If I'm not mistaken, they won like 19 games, and one of them was against the Lakers. <laughs> <laughs> like the playoff hopeful Lakers, not just like we're not talking about the not no LeBron, no Lonzo, Kuzma, or Ingram. This was the playoff hopeful. We have we're fighting for our playoff lives, Lakers, and they lost. So yeah. there you go. I think that was that game also sucked so much just because of like. It really was a moment where it felt like these guys don't care as much as we do. Yeah. And it's like the hardest part about this season was feeling like they don't care. Like they were on the court and they didn't care about what like winning or that there was a game happening. And I'm like, I'm here to be entertained (laughs) for the most part. Like, I love, like, the winning part, but I don't really care that much about it. But, like, at least act like you care about being here and you're getting paid millions of dollars to play this game. That was definitely a rough part of the season. And after that, we, we kind of talked about this a little bit off the air. But after that, it was kind of just, like, back to the status quo for me. It's just yeah. like, oh, I almost forgot what being a Lakers fan felt like. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm back in my element, baby. I know what to do now. I am ready to completely not care about winning. And, like, advocate for losing, at least on my part. I just wanted them to lose every game for the rest of the season (laughs) at that point. Because the Lakers going into the the NBA draft lottery in, like, two weeks have the 11th best or fourth worst, depending on how you look at it, odds of getting the number one pick. And... um, it's like 2%. Yeah. It's like, listen, I get it. I had people in my mentions talking about like, but what about our winning culture? And like, what is <laughs> what precedent does this set for the our young guys? And it's just like, 
Impressive. What young guy? You mean the guys they tried to trade? Like literally everybody <laughs> on the roster, they tried to trade for Anthony Davis. Those young guys. We don't, we don't even know if they're going to be back next season. And also, what culture? We don't have yeah. a president of basketball operations or a head coach. Also, the winning culture after we're like completely eliminated from <laughs> right. playoff hopes. Like, who cares? We've already lost enough games to be for the playoffs. Like, there already isn't a winning culture. How would winning a like the second to last game of the season of a doomed season matter at all? The Lakers culture right now is Rob Palenka and Kurt Rambis. <laughs> That's their <laughs> entire culture. So, I mean, I guess have fun with the 11th pick. I would have personally preferred a top 10 pick. It just sounds better in trades. Like, if mm. Polinka's on the phone, it's like, we'll offer you Josh Hart, Kyle Kuzma, and a top 10 pick. It's better than, like, we'll offer you Josh Hart, Kyle Kuzma, and a lottery pick. doesn't yeah. have the same pizzazz, you know? 11 has a lot of syllables. Ugh. And syllables are the worst. They as suck. we all know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last question. Let's do this is the most important question, the most important thing we'll talk <laughs> about. What is your honest as Alonzo expert, writer <laughs> for Alonzo Wire, what is your honest opinion of Lonzo's music and what's your favorite song maybe? I think there are definitely better rappers in the NBA. Um, but he's not terrible. Like uh I think he's definitely in the top five i think damian lillard is the clear number one yeah who are the others uh so lou williams raps a little bit i know iman shumpert does uh marcus smart and then did i already say marvin bagley no okay marvin bagley is actually very good um he's only put out like one song i think and it was like immediately after he got drafted but no he's like genuinely good i'd i'd put him ahead of lonzo personally he lonzo's you know not bad i actually have a funny lonzo story so at lonzo Wire, we're always looking for like content so much so that i have to watch ball in the family like every week and <laughs> it's like i don't watch the kardashians but i imagine it's like the male version of keeping up with the kardashians now that you can't be a male and watch Keeping Up with the Kardashians. It's just like inverted. Right. So one week we were really hungry for content at Lonzo Wire. And we thought Lonzo had dropped his second mixtape. His first one, of course, as everyone knows, is Born to Ball. Where half of the songs <laughs> are about uh, his since collapsed brand, the big baller brand. <laughs> it's all aged so poorly. <laughs> If if you go into Spotify, Spotify, his Spotify <laughs> profile, uh, there's a second mixtape called Aftershock, and so I listened to it. I I had already started writing the post like Lonzo Ball drops his second mixtape. I listened to one song, and it was very clear to me that it wasn't Lonzo. And if it is, he changed the content in which he rapped about a by a lot. The subject matter of this was not the big baller brand, to say the least. It was it was like most rap music, uh, except I was listening like from a person who expected Lonzo Ball. So my reaction to it wasn't as <laughs> like just me listening to rap music. I think my favorite song is Get Off. 
by a that's, lot. Yeah, that's his. That's definitely his most uh, famous song. It's his most famous because it is by far his best. <laughs> the song. best one, yeah. By far. Again, I I think it's it's good to have a hobby. You know, I play guitar. That's my flex for this podcast. <laughs> I feel like everybody plays guitar. <laughs> I wear gold beats. Exactly. Um, it's my, hobby. <laughs> my honest opinion of Lonzo's music is that I think he raps with real verve and spirit and sense of humor. And I think that it's really fun that he just raps about his family and has songs called like Super Saiyan. <laughs> and I also Super love Saiyan. Super Saiyan. I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> you just insulted Dragon Ball Z fans like all over the globe. <laughs> Clearly, I've literally never heard anybody say that word out loud before. <laughs> this is going to be our least listened to podcast just because of that one <laughs> flub. <laughs> I think Lonzo's music is very fresh and it's very him. And he's not a terrible rapper. He doesn't have a terribly interesting sounding voice. But yeah. He's like J. Cole kind of where he's just kind of a sleepy rapper. Like, yeah. You can definitely make a career out of it. It's just not like my thing personally. I agree. But Get Off is really fun mostly because the hey, whoa, yeah, hey, whoa, yeah. <laughs> get up, get up, get up. <laughs> it's essential to rap music today is the ad libbing, the hey, whoa, yes. Like Drake starts every <laughs> song with. Yeah. <laughs> I like what I love most and I had a lot of fun recording this podcast, but what I loved most about it is that we had two options. We could have ended the show with what's the perfect outcome for next season? <laughs> a perfectly plausible and like high note to end the podcast or what's your honest opinion of Lonzo Ball's music? And we I think we chose right if we're being Look. honest. Pete and Darius already talked about what's your perfect outcome for next season. And honestly, like, what can you get from us that you can't get from them? <laughs> and that's discussion of Lonzo Ball's music. Honest and frank discussion of Lonzo Ball's music. I can, yeah, I can say with confidence that I'm not Pete or Darius. And I think you can say the same. But we're still out here. We're still grinding. And I had a lot of fun. Me too. Thanks for listening, everybody. This is the Silver Screen and Roll Network, and we're doing Monday, Wednesday, Friday podcasts for the month of May. You can follow us on Twitter if you would like. My Twitter handle is at Sasha Shawl. And I'm at Rad Rivas because alliteration. Uh, mine is just my name because I think I'm probably the only person in the world with my name. Yeah. It's like, is our emails also easy for you to acquire? Yeah. Very yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. And Venmo handle. My Venmo is <laughs> <laughs> Sasha Ashall. <laughs> anyway, thank you very much for listening to this wild uh, podcast. And I hope that, you know, while me and Christian didn't fall in love with each other, I hope that, you know, you fell in love with us. Yeah, I hope so, too. I hope this isn't the last podcast we do together, either, because I had a lot of fun. Right? More crossover events. Cross your fingers for crossover events, everybody. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll see you next time. <laughs>